Hi, it's Michael, the host of Impact Hustlers. And before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you get any value out of the episode today, please consider sharing it with a friend who would benefit from it. Or leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. We're an independent podcast and are investing a lot of time and effort in publishing inspiring new episodes every week. We can only do this because of people who support us. And now there is an easy way to do so. You can give us a small tip or a regular donation to make sure we can keep going. Every penny is invested into making the podcast even bigger and better. And you can do so on buymeacoffee.com slash impact hustlers buymeacoffee.com slash impact hustlers thanks very much for your support thanks for listening and let's get into the show impact hustlers the podcast on entrepreneurs and change makers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems impact hustlers is brought to you by fast forward 2030 and real changers visit fastforward2030.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact. And this is your host, Michael Shafra. This is Impact Hustlers, the podcast on the entrepreneurs that solve the world's biggest social and environmental problems. And I'm your host, Michael Schaffrath. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review and share the episode, most importantly, with a friend. To keep updated on new episodes, visit impacthustlers.com and sign up for our email alerts. And follow us on Twitter as well, at Impact Hustlers. Enjoy today's episode and let's go. In today's episode, I speak to Tomer Shalit, CEO and founder of Climate View. Climate View helps cities and nations to clearly define their pathway to becoming carbon neutral by communicating their goals and actions through an open platform. With Fridays for Future bringing the climate crisis to our attention again and increasing amount of cities and countries declaring the climate emergency, there's a lot of attention on the problem. However, often the attention does not get translated into actual actions that result in reduced carbon emissions. Climate View is actually changing that and helping solve for that problem. So it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for joining. Just before the show, I actually Googled the places that have announced the climate emergency. I typed in announced or declared climate emergency. And I found, I think, over 70,000 results of cities, communities, countries declaring the climate emergency. So there seems to be quite some traction on this. I think what we still see, though, is that it's very often the problem to actually translate that declaring the climate emergency or the Paris Agreement into actual results and actions. Climate View is actually trying to help change that. How are you helping to solve this problem? By trying to make it very clear where the problem is, or rather by trying to break down the roadmap into manageable pieces. The thing today is like we have the cities and nations saying declaring climate emergencies and often also declaring some kind of roadmap. But of course, that's sort of in a very big level and thousands of pages of documents. And just as a sort of standard management consultant, change management thing, you know, if you want to achieve a very big project, which is far away, the only way to do that is to break it down into manageable pieces, make every piece measurable, 
and see for every piece what's being planned, where the gaps are, what needs to be done, and then continuously measure and see how we're going sort of as often as possible. So we need a feedback loop. So basically, we're, mm -hmm. we're going to those who know, who have a plan, who want to achieve and helping them just breaking it down and making it manageable. Mm -hmm. And your personal background is actually not in climate change. You haven't been in that space forever, but your background is agile project management, transformation. So tell us a bit more about how you use these methodologies. You talked about the need for regular check-ins. How do you use the methodologies to actually solve for climate change or help cities and countries do that? So in the most concrete case now with, our, with Sweden, um, we have for each of the different sectors, say transport, industry, energy, broken down the transition into much smaller pieces, a uh, proportion of public transport, efficiency of per vehicle, um, proportion of trans long-term transportation done over it, et cetera, et cetera. So things that are measurable and they tangible, number of electric cars, et cetera, across the entire board. So that's one thing, sort of breaking it down into small pieces, but then also seeing how each one of these pieces fits into the big picture. Because what they often happens also is one, one spends a lot of time discussing a specific issue, but then if you take a step back, you see, well, that's in the big picture, this doesn't matter. So it's, it's a question of getting every part and seeing how much impact that part has in the big picture, which is often very important. Mm -hmm. So in the case of Sweden, there's actually a public roadmap now that They're using your tool to visualize what their goals are, what their roadmap is, and what they're actually doing to work on it, right? Yeah. So it's hard to explain probably on the podcast now, but if you look at it, you can basically zoom in and look at all the actions. And as a citizen or as anybody, really, you can check on the government and see, are we actually progressing or not? Yeah, precisely. Perfect. And what's some of the biggest advantages of doing it like this? Is it about getting people to hold governments and cities and countries accountable? Is it more of a project management tool for people to actually take action? What's kind of the biggest benefit you've seen so far, for example, Sweden using it? I'd say it's very much both, but I would start with saying the project management tool. And that would be in the sense of the way we made this happen in Sweden and actually happened very fast, thinking it's an entire nation, was the first prototype of this tool was a really long poster, a two-meter-long poster, which was all the policies within the transportation sector and just rolling this poster out and showing that actually okay this is a complex problem but it is possible to get an overview we can't hide from the numbers like taking thousands of pages and making it to one poster so it is possible to get one overview and with that in place you know well, that's really driving a new kind of conversation so that starts in a sense that in a sense a project management tool but but more importantly What we've actually done with that is by having this clear common picture, we got the different government departments to work together so that we are continuously updating this picture. So there's a monthly rhythm where we're all the time updating how things are going. So it allows also for more of a collaboration between the different departments or who has access to it? So everyone has access to it. And it, exactly that it allows collaboration between all the different departments, all the way from government down to the different departments to, to city councils and to the interested citizen. And I would say, so this visualization per se, what it did was sort of catalyze the idea that we can keep a picture and see how things are actually going, that it's possible and we can update it. And so, yeah, so that in a sense, that drives a collaboration. Amazing. Can you give us some examples of actions that have been taken as a result of Climate View being used or concrete 
results that you've seen? It's been public for just a few weeks, so we can't sort of say yet how it's changed mm. the country's direction. But what we can see, which is very mm -hmm. concrete, is that we now have set up in Sweden, um, for those who know agile development, I could in essence summarize it what we said. We had set up a, what you call a product owner for the Sweden's climate transition. Now, that's a very agile specific mm -hmm. term. But we have set up this continuous editorial board that continuously collects all the data from all the different government agencies. Now, this didn't happen before. So this is even the idea that this was possible wasn't there before. So in that sense, already, and people are now working daily with that to happen. So, so in a sense, the tool has already created a new process. Now, there will be a bit more time to say if that process actually changes our direction towards the Paris Agreement, but it definitely is a very good start. Amazing. Let's talk a bit about your story and how everything started, how you started out with Climate View. You've been working as an agile project manager, I would say, right? Yeah. So you've been very familiar with the technology, but I assume in all kinds of projects, but not really working on climate change. How did you first discover the problem of, you know, holding government cities accountable and helping them actually take action on climate change? And how did it all start? And then how did you convince a whole country to use your platform or the responsible departments, right, in Sweden? Now, this story, I mean, in a sense, my sort of climate anxiety that I've carried with me for, for many years. And that's sort of sort of all time being in the background. And as an agile consultant, I had like four years ago, I quit my current day job then as a development manager for a company and started consulting for agile change manager for different businesses. And I was doing really well. And it got really fun projects with banks and insurance companies. But in the same time, I was feeling like if this agile thing, and agile is about how you tackle complex problems with many stakeholders when you don't know the exact path, but you need to start marching along the path, whatever. That's what agile is all about. And you create that kind of change in big organizations, usually by some kind of visualizations that make start new conversations between the right people. All those tips and tricks from the Agile Manager's Handbook, I was feeling like, if this Agile thing is so good, why not apply to the most important of all complex projects, the, the climate transition? And hmm. in the end, what if I just pretended that Sweden was my client? Hmm. And I just quit my day job and just started working as if Sweden was my client and actually did what I do with any new client. I took massive amounts of data, started creating different kinds of visualization, some of it with that post I was talking about, and just did it. I just started my consultancy, mm. started working on it and just did it just to sort of see where it would take me. Amazing. And then you eventually got in touch with the responsible institutions in Sweden, or how did they actually end up then using it? That was also, and I think this is, in a sense, this is such an urgent issue that people on all levels and governments and cities are prepared to cut some red tape. But initially, I mean, Sweden is a small enough country, you can call somebody and say, hey, I have something, you might be interested in coming at 15 minutes of your time, you'll usually get it. And actually the first person I showed this to was the head of the traffic department's uh, climate policies and written lots of reports. And I rolled my post out in front of him and he looked at it and he said, huh, this feels like you've drawn the inside of my brain. And with that, of course, I could sort of start referring to him. And it was quite fast. I started to meet people high level of government. However, everyone's like, this is really great, fantastic. And then next question was, hang on, whose job is this? You know, nobody is responsible for the big pick. Is it like the prime minister? Whose job is it actually? 
because there was no institution just then for that because like everyone was doing their own part but there wasn't a bit of luck there in that Sweden had just started its climate policy council actually modeled very much according to the committee for climate change in the UK and they mm-hmm. were completely new and basically I could roll out this <laughs> prototype and say hey guys here we have a way to help you do your new job follow the government's adherence to the climate to our new climate law and that way we could get it started quite fast amazing i think as an agile project consultant you know this better than me but i think you always see that there's obviously the dimension of tools and you know you provide a tool that people can use but the even bigger dimension is always behavior and culture right so what have you observed so far with actually getting governments or public institutions to think in an agile way and suddenly change their mindset from maybe a more old-fashioned model of implementing these goals? Yeah, that's a very good question because as agilists, you'll, you'll have some people say it's not about the tools, it's all about the processes and you can use post-its. I've been here, I've been trying in essence, it's not the tool. In essence, it's new processes. But what we try to do with the tool is to make it sort of compelling and interesting. So I would say the tool in some ways, I mean, I never spoke about Agile to start off with. I didn't knock on the government's door and said, hey, guys, I'm going to teach you to work in new ways. I don't think anyone would have let me in. But I did say, oh, I'm an IT guy. I don't know anything about the climate, but I know a fair bit about visualization of data and the open data. And nobody can say no to that. Open data, transparency, it's, that's okay for anyone in government to work with. And so the tool was a bit of a way to sort of collect people around the table. But then we say, oh, we want to enter the data here. If we don't have the facts, what do we do? Well, we just, let's do the best guesses because it's fine. We can change it tomorrow. It's part of the tool. So the tool has actually worked as a way to change behavior because, A, I think you get a feel that you can get the big picture. It's a lot of data, but it's still possible to zoom in and out. It sort of makes it feel like it's possible. And that sense gives hope, which I think is a very important thing. Mm. And because it's easy to update because we're doing it all the time. So then people dare do what you need to do in Agile. If you don't know, you make a best approximation and then you do a new better approximation next week. Mm. How important do you see and how's your vision of facilitating that? How important do you see the collaboration of governments with the private sector as well? If you look at who's actually causing the emissions, it's obviously a large part of the economy. How do you see that? Are you thinking about that in terms of building that into climate view as well or engaging the private sector as well at some point? Yes, I would say that's in its core. That's what it's really about. And I should have said also part of the story when creating doing this with government was together with Sweden's biggest energy company, Vattenfall, which essentially said, we want this to happen, but we can't do it because then we are sort of a biased company, but they facilitate, made the project happen because they want to, when we have a clear picture of the country's climate policies, being able to say what they're doing and what they're missing. So I'd say getting policies and technology side by side together in the same picture is very, very important. And now it's on radio, it's difficult to explain, but literally in the product, policy and tech are side by side. So you can start to see, hang on, here we have an interesting technology, but there's a policy blocker, or there's an interesting technology, but we need to invest more into it. So what we're talking about collaboration now is within government, and that's very important, but it's really government and corporations. And also what I'm learning along the way, very much government and cities. 
maybe that's different from nations to nations, but here in Sweden will be discussions that cities want to do something, but they feel the government isn't giving them enough attention or blocking them with laws and getting that discussion to go. So back to your question, yes, government and so policy and tech have to be side by side. And that's what we want to show in Climate View. Amazing. In terms of starting Climate View, what's been one of the biggest challenges for you or maybe still is or one of the learnings you've had through that journey for anybody that's looking to start their own company, maybe trying to solve problems related to climate change? Oh, I'd say the biggest challenge would be the classic startup challenge in scaling people, getting the right people mm. aboard fast enough. Because I would say a lot because you don't know what you need well enough. So I've been sort of hesitating exactly what kind of, if I want somebody, if I want to help my clients, I have not been, what kind of facilitate that we need. And so finding the right kind of people fast enough has been the most challenging part. But maybe that's what any startup mm. would answer. I'm not sure. <laughs> How many people are you now? We are now 10 people. Amazing. Based in Sweden? Based in Sweden. That's right. So, so far, but now we're beginning to look outside Sweden. Amazing. This is a call to all the UK institutions as well. Such and anybody call, in the US yes. as well. We have a lot of <laughs> listeners in the US <laughs> to get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Who do you think is actually driving the transition towards the carbon-free economy? And actually, who's making the biggest difference in working towards climate change? Is it companies? Is it governments? Is it activists like the Fridays for Future uh, movement? Who do you think is like right now driving and creating urgency around it? I mean, I think, first of all, it has to happen on all levels. But to happen fast enough, it has to happen to all levels, at all levels in the same mm -hmm. time. I feel there's sort of a shift now that the past years that maybe I'm talking out of two Nordic perspective, but a lot of the drive is actually coming from corporations. And it's gone from being, yes, we have to do something good for the climate to being just the people working, being very concerned and actually making things happen for real. Mm. But I think, you know, the activism gives a lot of room for the politicians to know that they actually do have the mandate to make the decisions they need to make. So I find hard to say what's most important. Hmm. I think we have to drive across. It's probably the collaboration, yeah. right? Amazing. It's good to see that companies seem to pay more attention to this. And many, at least, don't really regard it as a pure CSR anymore, but something that's more to the core of what they're actually doing as a company. I would say the same perspective. If you're in a management consultant, you come into a company and you want to do some kind of change, a little sort of simplified, you'll have one third of the middle managers, which are all for what you're going to do. You have one third that are against you and one third that are going to watch and see what's going to happen and see which side to choose. Now, when you go in, you start working with those who want change <laughs> and you try and create momentum there yes. and you try and make good things to happen there. So that you have that one third in the middle choosing sides and then you have the tipping point. I see the world, you know, sometimes maybe it's a bit naive, but I choose to see the world like it's just like any organization just scaled up and you have to focus on those who actually want change and then we'll have the followers that will follow. So if you ask me about companies, I'm not sure about all companies, but I'm sure there are enough companies out there who really are serious about change and want to make those change. So let's focus on them. And that same comes to politicians and cities and nations. I don't take fights with people who don't, you know, climate deniers or whatever, what we want to do is make sure that those who want change get the best possible tools to actually execute that change. Great. My last question to you would be, if you imagine the world in 10 years time, 
pretty much almost the 2030 deadline close. How does the world look like if you succeed with Climate View? Hmm. Well, then a bit more than halfway towards Paris. I think Climate View has been helping the world in the transition. And we see very many of the solutions for the first halving that we need to 2030. Technically, they are in place, and I hope most of them have been implemented. And during that time, we also have had to develop some new solutions to take care of the next halving we need to achieve. So the world is just on the track it's on, but just way, way much faster. And a few tipping points have occurred much faster than what we expected. Amazing. I wish you all the best on that journey. And thanks for sharing your journey with us today and all the best for the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review and share the episode with a friend. To keep updated on new episodes, visit impacthustlers.com and sign up for our email alerts. And also follow us on Twitter at impacthustlers. Thanks very much for tuning in and see you next week. This was Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and change makers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Fast Forward 2030 and Real Changers. Visit fastforward2030.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share the episode, leave us a review and consider becoming a supporter on buymeacoffee.com slash impacthustlers. This means a lot to me. Thank you very much for tuning in and see you next time. Bye.